everybody and welcome to episode 56 of GameSpot After Dark. GameSpot's official After Dark podcast. That's a very circular definition, but you know, it's me on the reins today. We pushed Jake out for the week, so it's it's going to be a chaotic episode. <laughs> I'm Lucy James, and joining me this week we've got John Nixipke. Hello. With a very crisp new mic I'm very excited mm. about, because I haven't set mine up yet. I just have the crappy old one. Um... <laughs> Tamor Hussein. Hi, old Mike, also. Yeah, but your mic is good. Uh, and Callie Plaguey. Hi, also an old mic, but I figured out how to use it correctly. It's been, like, this week has felt very strange, because when we were putting the running order together, uh, at least for the topics to talk about, they are the same as last week, but this time we have actual stuff to talk about, like, in terms of DC fandom, Black Ops Cold War. Um, so it's gonna be, it's been a big week already, and Gamescom... Uh, for context, we're recording this on Wednesday. Gamescom hasn't happened yet, so we're in a we're in a world without pork knuckle and without tiny German beers or game announcements at the Keeleys. Um, so if we're not talking about, I don't know, you can order, you can pre, you can register to pre-order a PS5 now, but we don't know when it's out. So if they announce a PS5 release date and we're not talking about it here, that's why. But let's get into what we've been playing. Callie, I'm going to come to you first. All right. Well, Tamor will be really happy to to hear. Well, I've already told him, but he acts surprised, Tamor, um, that I've begun Bloodborne. I've begun <gasps> my Bloodborne wow. journey. Yes. Ooh. Yes. yes. Uh, my, my character's name is Strawberry because that's what I was eating when I created her. Um, it's a good name. Yeah. And I what? I found that, f- like, the, like... I was like, okay, I, I know on paper what I'm supposed to do. And then the first area has so many enemies that I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm mentally ready for this. Like, I don't know. But I, I got I what, got through that's it. That's what it wants you to think. <laughs> but really, it's just, it's, you just, the thing I love about that first area is it's so overwhelming at the very beginning. And then the more you kind of go through it, you just, you learn it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just and it sets you up for the rest of the game where it's like oh, it's going to present me with things that are immediately very um, intense and scary, and then it gives you the confidence to tackle them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I'm very excited for you. It's basically that bit in Simpsons where is it the references the I can sing, but it's like escalating. So you go off and you're like I can sing, I can sing, and then by the halfway <laughs> point you're like I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> That, well, except yes. playing Bloodborne. I I would certainly hope that's where I get with it. I've been it so it I started playing at like the height of the heat wave too, and mm. with the fires. So I had to like stop a lot because I was getting way too like literally and figuratively heated playing. So mm. it's cooled down. We still can't really open our windows too much, but it's cooled down at least. Um, so I'm ready. I'm ready to give it another shot. But uh, yeah, I, I've the the hardest thing for me was the controls, honestly, because I think the the last game I played on PS4 was The Last of Us Part Two. So mm. um, because I haven't started Ghost of Tsushima yet, I'm sorry, but um, I had a re- like I kept accidentally throwing Molotovs. Um, having a really hard time with the control scheme and platform but mm-hmm. but i'm i'm excited i i also like i want to finish Sekiro, but i kind of want to do bloodborne first because i feel like like i don't want to cross 
those two. I mm. want to keep them a little bit separate. What? I was going to say, because Sekiro will get you used to not having a stamina bar, and mm-hmm. then Bloodborne will be like, oh no. Yeah. How to manage that shit. That was, ac- that was also very difficult. So, yeah, I'm... I'm enjoying that journey, and I'm also what, what? I've been watching The Simpsons from the beginning. Wait, for wait, fun. wait, 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 wait! Before you move on, what weapon did you pick at the start? The one that opens. Okay, okay, it. okay. Yeah, I don't I know get what, what it's mean. called. Wait, they all kind of saw cleaver. Saw cleaver. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The. I was gonna say. The uh, uh, it's been described as the Ryu effect, where it's on the cover, so that's why everyone picks it. Ah, um. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I was just like, that one looks cool. Oh, and I got the 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 I got a better outfit. Um, oh, nice. which one did you, what'd you get? Did you get a hunter cop? Yeah. yeah. So, how do you feel about the little messengers in the bath? Have you met them yet? Yeah, hang on. Where did you get up to? Um, I have I have seen a boss. But I okay. ran away using the item that lets me okay. keep my bold hunter's mark blood vial. Yeah. Next time you're in the in the uh, um, uh, hunter's dream, just go to the little bath area that's on your left immediately, and you'll see the little like skeleton oh, creatures. Oh yeah, yeah, that the little lads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top I I yeah. love those. My favorite <laughs> thing about the game so far is the little the little guys. Yeah, in the floor. Give you little notes. I love them. love them. Can't you get I've gotten <laughs> some hilarious notes. Can't you get yeah, you can get things like, like customize yeah, you can get them? Little, yeah, you can get a top hat for them. Mine, mine are yeah. wearing top hats. What? Um, and yeah. you can get like there's like maybe three or four things, but they're very cute. Um, and if you like get the Figma uh, figures, come with those little guys as well, which is why I was like, I can't That's get adorable. those. They're very cute. Um, yeah, I but like yeah, those all, guys a lot. all around Bloodborne's a very cute game. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've also been watching The Simpsons from the beginning, and it, uh, just cause, and it's amazing how a few well people on my timeline have been doing that, actually. Those jokes well, I've been doing up, that as like, well. It's, I don't know what caused it. Just like, all of a sudden, one day, we're like, let's just watch Simpsons. Yeah. From the beginning. I, know, I, I was, like, kind of in a mood, and I've, I've been on Talking Simpsons a couple times, and one of the episodes that I did was in, actually, I, I think a couple of them were like uh, early episodes so I got to one that I've already done um, but watching them in sequence is like I, I'm i just a, like some of those jokes I like just can't believe that they happened in 1989, 1990 right. and that they're yeah. still funny <laughs> I know I'm not the first person to say this I just have been thinking about it a lot it's wild how those jokes from 1989 are still relevant today in George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, you, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, you you kind of forget. Like, I've I have literally existed. Like, The Simpsons has existed longer than I've been alive. You yeah. know, like, so like you kind of forget. Um, you're so used to modern Simpsons and what it's like, and it's very like pop culture heavy and mm-hmm. like celebrity cameos and all that stuff. And you kind of forget how like incredibly cynical like oh, OG yeah. Simpsons is, and like how it's just like like uh like homer and like the simpsons are like the the asshole family that like 
would have been the antagonist in like the average sitcom and Flanders would have been like the protagonist and they've like mm-hmm. completely flipped it and it's just like it's, it still works it still works so well and it's so yeah. it's so funny like oh my god has anyone yeah, and seen there's a... modern simpsons is it still no is it still the bad? last episode the last episode episode of the simpsons i saw was i think um 400 i want to say or 300 where bart mm. moved out and tony hawk was in it that's the only one i remember Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's the last episode of The Simpsons I saw. Yeah, Tony Hawk. Really, that was the last episode of The Simpsons you saw? I I feel like anything since I've watched beyond that, but they're not as memorable, you know. No, I feel like the the characters just like um, Mo. He he's like wears like a nice shirt in like Modern Simpsons, and he's like goes over to them for dinner. He's like a family friend, and I'm like, no, Mo's like the sleazy bar owner. Yeah, (laughs) he's in love with Midge. Yeah. And Bart I, calls him and he threatens to murder him. I will last, definitely... Oh, sorry. I was going to say that that episode that Lucy is mentioning is um, The Simpsons S14E11.xvid.ezTV. So season 14, episode 11. Um, Wait, so hang on. So when... What are they up to now? What season? Like, like 22? 20, 20, no, like 30. 30? Yeah. Like they're, 30? They're, they're, they're in 30? Yeah, yeah they're in 30. Like 20 wow. was around when the movie came out, I want to say. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I think that's the last major Simpsons thing that I watched, the movie. Yeah, After that, me I was too. like, goodbye, old friend. I mean, I I will extend like the Simpsons episodes. I will watch like through some seasons that people can... Cons- like, like, I think most... Like, if you want to be like, like, oh, like, push up glasses. Like, I'm a big Simpsons nerd. Four to nine. But I I will watch, like, through the early teens and, like, have a good time just Mm. because it, I mean, like John Luke said, that show's older than I am. So, like, there's a, it has this grace period for me where it's still nostalgic. Um, But I, yeah, I haven't watched it in years years. This is clearly not the right place to do this. But, like, did it just run out of things to say? Or did it, like... Did the characters become rubbish, or well, did they? I, what, what happened? I think the well for uh, there, there's a really good uh, Super Eyepatch World video where he kind of like breaks mm-hmm. it down. But I think I think yeah. the big thing that he kind of brought up was like I mean most of the the original staff just left yeah. by like season like nine. I think there was like a massive exodus and like all but like uh, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, left. all but two um, of the writers. So it's like it's just kind of. Like the priorities are different. Like the people who who created it, who had like that specific vision for it to be this like biting satire, were like not there anymore. You know, to yeah. like keep that going. And and you also have like those early episodes. The context is so different because like like you said at the time, Flanders would have been the protagonist in any other sitcom on the air. Probably you have like like at the time, people were really upset about Bart as a character. Like, they just knew the show is, like, the show with the foul-mouthed child. Um, celebrities that were on the show were, like, too embarrassed to have their names in the credits Ronald, in those Ronald Reagan seasons. made, like, a dig at The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, like, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Ronald Reagan later, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, I think there's uh, the changing landscape, too. I, I think there it's hard. I feel like it's harder to do satire in a post like family guy south park or it's world just like the attitude it's towards so, what satire it's so different. is so different. like I, I i in the way that like simpsons was like the 
animated sitcom for like the 90s, I would say like the 2000s was more like a Bob's Burgers or something. Just a very different feel mm. and kind of like capturing yeah. a more, a different culture that like The Simpsons was created for the 90s. So they are currently in season 32. No, um, really? Episode number October 25th, I believe, was the last episode. Three Halves of Horror. Roman numerals that I won't even begin to try and guess like what that is. How long do you reckon before the show gets canned? It's what? not. It makes so it much It still money. gets well, millions it's of it's views. It's still so popular. Yeah. yeah. I, mm. I'd say it, it's probably Trias of Horror 31 because there's been one yeah. every season except the first, right? Or have there yeah. been multiple per season? I, I feel no, like I it's more likely that the majority of the cast will just pass away and they'll have to cancel it for that reason rather than I mean like if you lose one of the core yeah it's probably like at this point I mean there's a like there's enough people who are able to pull off amazing like Homer uh oh is it like a Mickey Mouse scenario where they like train people they have them at the ready to replace them god they change Homer's voice to Mickey Mouse (laughs) There's an ending like sequence in a newer Simpsons episode where they do a little song. Um, I'm not gonna sing it, but they say like, "They'll never stop the Simpsons. Have no fears. We'll have stories for years." <gasps> and one of them is like Marge, and it's all sing song, but it's like Marge becomes a robot. It's one of them. <laughs> oh like it's all jokes, but it's it's also true because they're ne- like it's never it's yeah. too big to be canceled. But anyway, we can move on from the Simpsons because we do have to talk about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Let's move on. John, look what you've been doing. Uh, I was... I, I popped in and played some Batman Arkham City. I, I was feeling that Batman itch. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pop mm-hmm. it in. It was. It was. It took me like only like 10 hours. It was like a nice, like, I'm just going to beat a game real quick and have a good time. Uh, and that is a, a fantastic game. The, the weird thing is Alfred has to help Batman with his Batman itch. <laughs> You get a little, you get a little bat scratcher. I, I saw it in your bat eyes. Scratcher. As soon as John Luke said "itch," I saw Tamor's <laughs> gears turning. Carry on. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say about the game that hasn't been said in a, a, uh, for years now. It's, it's just it's it's really good. Uh, it's really good. You know what? You know what? I'll uh, Tamor. I'll admit it. it Finally, might, everyone comes around. It might, it might be the best Batman game. It is the best I, Batman game. I still think I like the the slightly more condensed pack structure of Asylum. Mm. But I'll admit that I think from like a story perspective and like the design, I mean the like their their take on like old Gotham and like that architecture and like the stuff like Wonder City underneath, it's incredibly mm. well done. Like that game's art style holds up beautifully yeah and and like the to truly feel like batman you need an open world like you need to you need a a city to move around and like have crimes to drop in on like in an asylum that is a batman experience but you don't really get the complete batman experience right you don't get to see in the distance the bat signal like piercing the yeah. sky and fly towards it. Mm. That's the that's the, that's when you truly feel like Batman, and that is why <laughs> City is the best one. 
<laughs> also the zip where, where you where you, you do like the double tap and he like slingshots himself mm-hmm. oh so oh, satisfying yeah. oh my god yeah that, that is like that's why i keep playing knight because it feels so satisfying in that one that's where they like perfect that they feeling do. i i i want to try knight again i only played it once it's the only one i've played once i played all the others like multiple times you should you should play it again like i got it's, so it's, burnt out on I'll, it I'll, i i really it that game feels bloated in a way that uh i just was like i just i just felt done with it by the time i beat it i think it was like it came out in the height of like open world fatigue as well Mm. but like i played it again recently and just coming at it at a slower pace after not really playing many open world games it felt so good like it felt really well paced and there's parts of it that feel like it's perhaps not as like high quality as other things i know people don't yeah, like the batmobile like a lot or the missions around it there's certain things that you can skip like the the riddler stuff like just don't don't bother like it's not really oh, yeah, worth yeah. it but like when you do that it's such a good game it's so much fun and it feels so good to play and i think like the story holds up really well i the, the story is the, the thing i remembered the most and kind of why i want to replay it but yeah i i I think it's a shame that like I have to ignore so much of it. Like like I did all the Riddler trophies in like Arkham Asylum and City and and I felt like those like it, it was like the right amount. It felt it felt good to do it all and it didn't feel like exhausting and like I think a, a night just like went too far in the way that I think a lot of open world games do now where they're like let's just put more definite and you're like oh god no i'd be interested i don't want to collect another goddamn riddler trophy yeah. i don't care catwoman you can just hang there forever and i'll you'll never be saved mm-hmm. sorry catwoman i'd be interested to see what you think of it now because i i when i went back to it i think i liked it more than the first time i played it okay um, and yeah, I, I definitely want to yeah it's good it's like 90 gigabytes, though, so good luck with that. <laughs> Is, did they fix the PC version eventually? Yeah, you, you became a bit British there. Um, I was about to say. You said PC. The PC version. <laughs> did you fix the PC? Which I'm into. But yeah, it, it, it got um, updated, and I think it, it, it's way better. I know Chris Pereira was playing it recently. He said it looks amazing and it performs well, so I think okay, cool. um, they eventually fixed it up, and yeah. so it's good. I was one of those people that bought it on PC when it came out heard about all the issues and i was like oh maybe i'll be lucky i'll be one of those people that doesn't have it turned it on no all no. the textures were missing on like gordon's face in that like opening scene and i just immediately turned it off refunded it and downloaded the ps4 version <laughs> that's fair but tam what you've been playing uh, so I have been playing a game called Batman Arkham City. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I, I played a bunch of Arkham City and then I'm, went, I'm actually going back to Asylum now um, just because I've been in the mood for it. But I won't talk about that too much. Um, I've been playing Kiwami still, Yakuza Kiwami. Um, still good, enjoying it. Um, I... I can't remember. How, did they add things to this game 
John oh, Luke, a ton, you know? a ton. Yeah, because uh, yeah. like there's certain like side quests and even like plot beats that I'm like, I do, I do not remember this. Most one of bit. the side stuff is new. New, you can, right? You yeah. can definitely tell from the writing. It feels very different. Yeah, it feels very current. And I was like, yeah. I don't remember any of this stuff. I just remember like straight up brawl stuff and not a lot of like extra material. Uh, all the um, Majima stuff is completely new. Like Majima yeah. in the, that original game shows up like three times. Three or four times, yeah. That's why I was like, wow, Majima is really popular now. I don't remember him being this popular <laughs> back in the day. I remember him being like an asshole like four or five times to me and I whooped his ass. I think but. it's two. I think two is what made him Two's, yeah. Two is where he really, yeah. So like I'm really enjoying the the feeling of like going back to that game and it being somehow better than I remember it to be. Like And like knowing that this is well different, but like... It's like rediscovering an old love for the first time. Like it, it's really, really fun to do that. And I spend a lot of time doing the stupid mini games. Still, I played UFO Catcher yesterday for maybe an hour and a half. Pocket Racer. I did Pocket Racer a really long time. I done too much bowling, um, and I do I do the thing with the the hostess club where I just go yeah! there to chat to the lady. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, the lady. It's like. This is what reminded me. This is what made me think this is this is very different. Like the hostess mission in Kiwami. I don't know. I I, I think I, the character I got was her name's Rena or something like that. But she is a uh, a lesbian or maybe she's bisexual. She's bisexual like hostess and like is very progressive and chill about everything. And like Kiryu at the same time is like huh discovering about like her preferences and that might- and like. I'm trying to think if that's the same because there's the, I don't know. there's one where he's like specifically there's like a, a plot line where like a girl's like feeling like she just needs to date guys and he basically like Kiryu like tells her like convinces her convinces yeah. her like no you should be yourself don't change for yeah. society and other people yeah yeah so that there's an element of that in this but I the thing is that I don't remember that in the original like maybe I, I just wasn't I like I think all the the uh, hostess stuff in Kiwami is different. Is, than it was in the yeah, original. Yeah. I think it's completely I mean, yes. different. I think that's why I was like, this is very well, different. Mm-hmm. That's very because, progressive for oh, Japan yeah. even now versus when that exactly. game originally came out. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. And it was yeah. one of those moments where even Kiryu was like, uh, like he's, I'm at the stage where like he, he, she's telling a story at like, oh yeah, my, my ex, I was talking to my ex, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's like, oh, so would you get back with him? And she was like, him? And he's like, oh, yes, of course. And then, like, they're, like, learning about each other. <laughs> and, like, it's really wholesome the way he kind yeah. of starts. And then he'll retain that information next time you speak to her. So he's, like, internalizing her sexuality and then talking to her with respect. I'm like, Kiryu is good. Love the Yakuza team is definitely player. one of the more progressive video game teams. Yeah. In Japan or not, like, just in general. Like, um, even, like, yeah. the I haven't played them so I can't comment on like personally, but I know that for the the remasters of three, four, and five, they completely mm-hmm. redid the translation to like line it up with like the current team uh, that started with zero, and apparently they they like changed a lot of it and they changed like transphobic stuff, and that was not just like the localization team decided to do that. That was like like Nagoshi himself was like, no, yeah. like that stuff doesn't fly anymore. We need to fix that, and and yeah. I think that's. I really appreciate right. how forward they are That's about very that. Cool. Yeah. There's there's a scene with Majima which I won't spoil, but he. <laughs> I is, think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He does something which you would think like would be Kiryu would have a very 
uh, you would think someone would have a very specific reaction to and like you, you're given the option just play it off as normal and it's just the funniest thing because like even Majin was like how is this not not like on how is this not getting you on tilt what's going on here <laughs> like, ha- have you very good. met so, yeah. him at the pocket racer yet no he's not showed up there he's hiding out in the construction <laughs> in in somewhere in the city right now so i think my uh, pocket racer is the favorite one because it like in that game he's like just showing up in all the different mini games like bothering kiryu yeah. when he shows up at the pocket racer kiryu's like not here this is a sacred mm. place for me. There are children <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. We are having wholesome fun. Like, I will go outside and I will fight you, but you need to leave. And then yeah. Majima's like, no, this looks great. I want to, I'm going to buy a bunch of pocket racers now. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So the setup <laughs> for Majima in Kiwami is like, he's helping Kiryu remember things or like get back to a certain state of his like legend. And he does that by just being a menace everywhere. <laughs> so like you could turn a corner and he'd like erupt from like a bin to be like, now we have to fight. And he'll like do things like send you a threatening phone call to be like, don't come down the street. If you come down the street, I will find you. And he'll like hide out in places. So he's generally just being a nuisance the entire time. But it's so that you can fight him every time you see him. And like sometimes you'll be walking down the street and you'll just hear like a siren. And then you'll see a big red exclamation mark in the distance. And it's because he's like spotted you in the distance. And he comes like <laughs> running towards you. And you're like, shit. It's Majima. Wow, nemesis. Yeah. And then sometimes like you'll get a call from like his like uh, his underlings. And they'll be like, have you seen Majima anywhere? He said a bunch of weird shit. And now he's like run off. And he's talking something about like a new way to get Kiryu back or something like that. And you have to be like... I'll find him. You're like babysitting him as well as kind of like uh, kind of indulging his madness. It's adorable. So it's really fun. Yeah, so I'm playing Kiwami. That's good. And then I'm watching an anime, re-watching an anime for like the fifth time called Your Lie in April, which mm. um, I think is a perfect anime. Um, I've talked about it many times. It's about a, a boy, a pianist who meets a girl, a violinist, and uh, they go in on an emotionally devastating journey. That will make it, or most humans cry. Yeah, so you want to get ruined? I think it's, it's a 10 out of 10. If you want to get ruined by an anime, but also feel like just unbelievable elation and uplifting feelings, but also like soaring highs, crushing lows, the anime, it's it's that. Watch yeah. it. It's phenomenal. Um, it's not like, some it's not like the way like... As well. Like school days is an anime that will ruin you in a really bad way. I would say Your Line April is like mm. a good ruin. Yeah, it's the whole thing is about like finding inspiration in others and rediscovering who you are, but also living life to the fullest. Um, it's it's phenomenal. I wish everyone watched it, but sometimes what, I watch. What are you watching it on? It's on Netflix. Ooh, okay. Oh, Lucy, watch it. Oh, no. <laughs> you will, you will, you will absolutely love it. Um, I'm gonna be Majima now. I'm gonna be everywhere where <laughs> yeah, every now and then I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna appear <laughs> like out jumping out from behind your TV. What are you watching? Is it your lie in April? <laughs> no, what I'm watching, great segue, mm-hmm. is uh, I'm not proud, but I've just yeah, I've had one of those weeks where it's just very difficult for me to like concentrate on anything really. Uh, so I've been watching 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo! Welcome. Welcome. Um, no, I've just been watching like trash TV and what did I watch the weekend. Oh, I watched the first two episodes of Lovecraft Country. Oh. Um is it good? It is, but it also is like I don't know, it's not how I 
pictured it when I read the book a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, like, very high budget, which shouldn't surprise me when, you know, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams are attached. Um, the, fir- the first episode's, like, really good, like, setting out what the world is, who the characters are. And the second episode just kind of takes things up to 11 in a way that I'm not sure that I really liked. I think the thing that I liked in the book, um, so a primer on Lovecraft Country, you've not seen it, it's on HBO. It is a, um, the book is more of like an anthology of um, each chapter is a different point of view uh, of a character. Uh, And it's family and friends of a, a black family who are, their entire their business is like they have a um a guidebook of places that are safe to go for black people and it's set um god is it set in like the 50s or early 60s yeah i think it's 50s yeah and so they you know you deal with these really uncomfortable scenes with like they roll into a town and they go to a place that they've been previously told is safe and they discover that, you know, this town is the furthest thing from safe and you have to... The mounting tension of, like, being in that environment for them uh, is, like, really well executed. But obviously it has Lovecraft in it. So it's also this very incredible mix of Lovecraftian horror, <laughs> too. Yeah. And sec- secret societies and all that shit. And I really, really love the book. Uh, Tam and I both read it a couple of years ago. Um, and so I'm, in, I'm very much intrigued by the show. It hasn't grabbed me as quickly as I thought it would, even though I have the background on the show, on the, on the book. But um, I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, I want to check a, it out. But yeah. I, I think the thing that you said there where like it doesn't match what you were thinking was my biggest worry. Because I fully, I fully anticipated like every episode, you know, being the POV of a particular character. Because mm. um, there was some, there's some stuff with like Hippolyta coming up that I'm really excited to see. Um, I'm just intrigued as to how they do it. Like, I think maybe the first two episodes are the the general setup of the whole show and then they'll move into the anthology stuff um but other than that i've been playing yakuza but my uh my rsi has been very bad uh the last couple nights i haven't been able to play anything and um i'm actually at a boss fight and i can't physically play it because my wrist hurts so that's why i've been watching so much trash tv that i don't really need to concentrate on Hmm. also mm? love on the spectrum Oh, I did watch some of Love on the Spectrum, which is very, very wholesome, very, very sweet. Uh, recommended to uh, to us by uh, well, my boss, uh, Chris Beaumont, put it in the group chat that we're in, and it's very, very wholesome. Uh, a thing that I, I guess I never really had to think about, but like autistic kids, they get a lot of help uh, at school about learning to socialize and social cues and stuff, but they don't get that, you know, really mm. when they leave. And so dating is a very difficult prospect for a lot of them. Um, and so the show follows a lady who, it's her, her entire job is to kind of teach them the do's and don'ts of dating and consent and, you know, what flirting is and how to keep a conversation going as an adult uh, in a romantic scenario. It's very, very wholesome, very, very good. Um, and if you, if you want to cry, mm. wholesome tears, then watch that. <laughs> The thing I like about it is like almost because it's a bunch of people and like it follows a bunch of people. Almost all of them are like 
they're nerdy <laughs> they love the stuff that we do like and they're yeah. like i want someone who loves sailor moon Heck yeah and you're like <laughs> yeah. yeah same and there's like someone who's like a savant at smash brothers and like oh, stuff yeah, like that she, yeah she brings out smash when they're yeah. on the date yeah. <laughs> and like whoops the other person at it <laughs> it's really good it's really um, wholesome and like nice and it I'm, kind of like is insight into something like as lucy said like how does you know how, how do people who um deal live live you know in this way kind of tackle adult things like dating and forming um serious bonds with people um it's fascinating and like kind of is like i don't want to say uplifting but like it's endearing to see them you know loving the things that we love and trying their best at this stuff and in in a lot of cases being way smart and way better than most people are <laughs> one of the things i do really appreciate about the show is that i was kind of afraid that it would be very um take advantage of them and you know put them in situations just to make fun of them but they always have the producer mic'd up and you always hear him saying things like are you comfortable with this you yeah. don't have to do this if you don't want to and like talking to them yeah in a really reassuring and pleasant way and just obviously just treating them like a human being but it's really nice to see that they're not being exploited yeah for entertainment so I, we have oh go on I was just gonna say I've done that that Smash Bros thing except with Mario Kart on three <laughs> separate occasions. <laughs> Love it. So <laughs> I just it's, I find it very relatable, and I would like to yeah. watch it now. Um, let's move on because we have spent almost forty minutes talking about what we've been playing Oops. <laughs> and doing. So let's talk. Let's go into the news. Welcome to the news. This is the part of the show where we talk about the news. <laughs> oh, is that a new jingle? No. <laughs> All right, DC Fandom. Um, honestly, I think bigger than anyone could have anticipated uh, when DC said they were going to be putting on their own event. Um, we had trailers for Wonder Woman. I have not watched the Justice League trailer. I did. And I, I was confused. <laughs> like, I, I want to say... I don't care. I want to say one thing about the Justice League trailer. It leaked... A trailer leaked before DC Fandom, and literally everyone want, watched it, pointed and laughed, and went, wow, this is so shit. This is definitely 100% fake. Like, there's no way. It looked oh, like no. someone went, so this looks like someone's taken old footage from old trailers, stitched it together, and put the, like a really awful, cheesy soundtrack on it to try and make it look bad. And then they showed <laughs> the trailer, and it was the same trailer. <laughs> I just, like, you know, if you're excited about the Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, then, you know, that's that's totally fine. I just, I don't have it in me to care about that movie. Uh, or, what are they talking four about? Four hours? Like a, a miniseries now? Yeah, it's, I just don't four, know it's four hours. Four. I think the weird thing about it, the entire thing was, that I, I, like, I'm with you, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what it is and really interested yeah. in watching it, but there was an element of watching that whole reveal and watching the panel, which was like, everyone just treating Zack Snyder like he's some sort of god and then also Zack Snyder kind of in reinforcing well he was being shitty to people on yeah, Twitter well, he was, as well he which was, I just don't yeah but his whole thing was like he was reinforcing the things that people did to make it happen and the way yeah. that people reacted better around it and like the greater narrative around it like I don't want to be mean but 
it was a lot of people bullying other people about getting this done and being really shitty on the internet and his like tacit approval of that is like come on man and then he's out there you know attacking people who say they don't like it which is like what are you doing like is this a good look for you like you're already your your movement is tarnished with being yeah. like a bullying like movement and then you go out there and attack someone who's said that they don't like what they see it's weird and i i yeah i mean let's talk about other cooler stuff from dc fandom so the batman trailer cool oh. baby oh my god i'm all in like obviously that was another one that leaked and i watched it out of morbid curiosity and i was like oh god it was just a really good trailer. It was a really like a, good trailer my for girlfriend. a movie that they've only shot thirty percent of. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. 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 Georgia. Georgia watched it because she's like, everyone's talking about this trailer. Let's see it. She doesn't care about Batman or superheroes. She doesn't really like dark stuff. She was like, that was a really good, damn good trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. A really good Nirvana pick too. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Pattinson. Emo Robert Pattinson. I love how weird Robert Pattinson is. I I love how weird. I love that they keep the eyeliner on his face. Firstly, he's a freak. During that sequence, his panel where they where they brought him on stage, my man was in space high. Like he was, (laughs) he was not in this galaxy because like. He was falling asleep and he was like, just watch it. He's like, I do not care about being here one Hell bit. Hell yeah. He was like out of there. He just like passed it on to Matt Reeves. It was like later. And then we had um, on-site Eddie did um, an interview with him uh, uh, about uh, for Tenet. And he talked about, um, Eddie asked him what his favorite video game was. And he talked about how um, the, one of the few times in his life he cried was uh, Final Fantasy VII, Aerith's um, untimely demise. And then he also called her his first love. I was like, Aww. I am all on board with you, Mr. <laughs> Pattinson. He's one of us. He's one of us. My favorite thing to do is there's a great supercut on YouTube of, um, I think it's called something like, How Much Robert Pattinson Hated Being in Twilight. <laughs> and it's just this cut of all the stuff he said um, in interviews, but also there's a lot of stuff on the uh, DVD commentary tracks of Twilight where he just... <laughs> talks absolute shit and it's so clear that he just hated every moment of it but yeah we've been I, uh, into it we've been uh lucy and i have been watching twilight with a group um yeah. and it's very obvious watching the movie as well i mean yeah. just, and, and like the thing about the batman trailer is like that's what everyone who was attracted to edward and twilight that's what yeah, you we, grow we up saw being attracted to that's oh, but I don't know. Like he's got like the clean hair, and he he's got the like the it's, the the pale skin. Like no, nah, he's what a he needs that. Nah, look man, like. emo Robert Pattinson. <laughs> but like he he's got his messy hair down. He's got the like. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying this is oh, this okay, is yes. where you graduate yeah. to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. I, I I purely think he just he didn't he didn't have the right look in Twilight. I think the other thing in that trailer is like Colin Farrell, just. Not I had looking no idea. He was Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like Futura- He looked like Futurama's interpretation of Richard Nixon. God, he does not look like Colin oh. Farrell in that at all. I had no idea it was him until people said Aru. it later. <laughs> Put the old. What is it? John Q. Nixon on it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think Paul Dano is a fantastic actor, and so yeah. I'm very excited to see. And also, Zoe Kravitz too. Mm, yeah. Catwoman. Uh, Catwoman. I'm in. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I want I want Batman to grab Riddler and shout, "Stop crying, you sniveling ass!" at him, <laughs> just because that should be the reference for him. <laughs> that would be very good. But also, yeah. hang on, if he's British, that would be sniveling ass. Ass, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Wonder Woman trailer didn't do much for me. Don't honestly. care about that at mm-hmm. all. Um, but let's talk about the games. So, Gotham Knights, which is like having the gameplay stuff that they showed after as well. That trailer was really strong. I'm all in for Gotham Knights. And uh, Tam, you were speaking to one of those Montreal just this yeah, morning. Yeah, I talked to them this morning. So if you go on hit video game website, gamespot.com, you'll find a interview with the creative director and senior producer of the game. And we talk about like just a bunch of things. Like I clarified what the game is about um, mm-hmm. and kind of like the, the format of it. And they were very, very clear about it not being a games as a service uh, model which is good mm-hmm. and kind of reiterated that it can be played single player or in co-op it's two player co-op only which it makes me slightly sad but um that's fine especially because there's yeah that's, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah that's the that's the weird thing but um like a lot of really interesting things in there like um i talked to them about like their own reputation like h- how they feel about themselves given that you know to start with, everyone was just like, oh, second fiddle to Rocksteady. But then over time, people have gone, actually, that Origins game was okay. It's pretty good. So there was that. And um, I asked them about whether Batman was actually dead. And they were <laughs> very, very clear about him being dead. Mm-hmm. But right. I looked at him no. and I was like, still don't believe you. Yeah. Still don't believe you. And like they're, con- they're currently like tweeting at me saying, yes, he's dead. <laughs> but I'm like technically if you're a talon you are technically dead so mm, maybe he's pretending to be ted so he could be in the court of owls uh, anyway nerd shit like that um, <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm well excited for that game obviously um very happy to see uh wb montreal trying something different um and i really appreciate that it's its own universe mm-hmm. that they're like it, it's it can stand apart from the Arkham games mm-hmm. by being its own continuity. Like I think I like how colorful the the costumes are. I kind of hope it has like a different tone. Like the the Arkham games are like kind of get a little like brooding, intense Batman, and I hope this is like a little bit more like like I think Batgirl in this was a little more fun, mm-hmm. a little more witty than like Batman was in yeah. um in like Night. Yeah. It looks I'm a little. I'm a little worried about the leveling stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. Nothing's gated. I guess it's more. It's not like I think it's gonna be ruin the game. I guess it's more just like I. I don't. I don't know what it'll add to the game. And 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 I. I want to be like obviously we've seen so little, but mm. I, I. I think for me, I see it more as like how I felt about the last God of War, yeah. where I'm like great game i don't know if i needed any of that like crafting gear stuff in that right. game like you could have right. taken that out of the game and it would have been like totally fine like i don't think it needed it and so yeah. like so, they need to convince me that like the game needs this like leveling kind of like gear crafting system that they're adding to it because i'm just i'm not i'm not sure if i'm convinced yeah as well i i 
was watching the gameplay and I was like, please let me turn those damage counters off. Yes, 100%. Like, I don't, I don't want to see that. Don't want that. Yeah, so they, I asked them about like balancing the damage numbers and characters and enemies scaling alongside you and like their the response was made sense but it also kind of like um it kind of explains that they want you to feel like the underdog in certain situations they want you to feel like you need to be away you need to go away and develop your because the whole thing is like from what i can tell it's not set across one day they they actually said it takes place across a, an extended period of time where you're in the belfry during the day doing investigation and whatever you may be on the side and then each night you go out into the world and control it and the whole purpose is like you're basically building yourself up to prove to the world that you are the appropriate replacement for batman um and then so as part of that the impression that i got was like they need areas to be like this is too hard otherwise so that when you when you are building yourself up they those serve as a an area where you can go there and feel a sense of growth like you couldn't do this before but now mm -hmm. you've come back and because of all the hours you've put in the days previously solving mysteries and doing crime stuff and and you know being a vigilante you're now capable of doing this and the one thing that they briefly mentioned is like as you scale up and as the enemies scale up they change in their behavior so it's not like just an arbitrary number where suddenly they're more powerful it's like if you fight mr freeze at level 10 versus level 30 it's a different behaving mr freeze um and that seemed like it made a little more sense or at, or at least from a narrative perspective it was more engaging to me um right we'll see how it works out in practice but I think I'm, I've I've warmed to the idea of the levels now, but I do mm -hmm. wish that you can remove the the numbers. Um, so I think I think they'll probably see the feedback because that was a lot of the feedback that I saw on Saturday was people being like, "Me, I don't want to see the damage." I'm, I'm doing impression of people like me. Me, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to see the damage cannons. Uh, let's move on to Suicide Squad. Which we didn't see gameplay of, um, but we did see a little pre-rendered trailer. So Suicide Squad, um, it was one of those situations where it was like rumored for years, and then they just tweet out. Um, <laughs> I love the games that Rocksteady make. I, this is a, a very different conversation needs to be had about the work practices at Rocksteady right oh, now. Yeah. There's obviously mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that's come out recently about. Um, some of the stuff that's been going on in the studio. Uh, I don't know how deep we want to get into that. Uh, everything's still, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very, very strange. Yeah. We have reporting up on the site and it's it's sticky and tricky to the point where trying to, to kind of recall it and recount it from memory is probably a bad idea because despite mm -hmm. best intentions, yeah. there has been various developments. And if we, if we you know, recount it out of order it could completely change the narrative so we'll try and avoid doing that but they're safe to say that there were questions asked around the working practices there and the abuses of power that may have happened um like i said we've got up-to-date reporting on the site if you want to read up about that yeah um so not to say like it's, it's very weird it's similar mm. to the ubisoft stuff from a while ago where it's like hundreds of people work on a game and if you don't talk about it, you're kind of 
diminishing their work on it because mm. it's like a few bad eggs ruin it for everyone sort of thing. So us talking about Suicide Squad is in no way uh, agreeing with whatever may or have gone endorsing. on there. Like terms, yeah, endorsing yeah. anything. But it's like, you know. I mean, that applies to, to any situation like that, right? Like, I mean, yeah. we have to deal with this. A quick aside, we have to deal with this a lot with, with reviews. Um, I mean, like, you know, you've heard about, like, rock stars, labor practices being suspect and that was right around Red Dead Redemption 2 and and that's something I really had to deal with when reviewing that game and and you know you do take into account that there are a lot of people who work on a game and you don't know as as just the person who's playing it um I certainly don't know who worked on what and mm. during what times and how long each thing took and there's just there's so many moving parts there that I consider them to be very separate and yeah, in no way is like a good score an endorsement of bad labor practices. Um, I think those things can exist side by side. So yeah, for sure. good shout Lucy. Yeah. I just wanted to say, someone uh, like tweeted a bunch of us about not talking about the Ubisoft stuff. And I was like, our Ubisoft post show was just us ragging on Ubisoft and not talking mm. about, stuff and like we you know right. condemned it then and we condemn it now so just wanted to make that kind of clear up front but like let's ungracefully segue to talking about Suicide Squad <laughs> it's very difficult to get a feeling for a game when you're just seeing a pre-rendered yeah. trailer yeah. and trailer's got Suicide King Shark though in it trailer does have King Shark in it uh I my Suicide Squad knowledge is begins and ends with the movie uh, I've never read any Suicide Squad. That so. is one of the most heartbreaking things I've read in a long time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But, you know, I'm enjoy- like, I love Harley Quinn. Um, and so, I yeah, I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic for this game. Like, it's rock steady. Everything they touch, I've, I've loved. And so I'm sure I'm going to play it. But it's it's very strange because I just don't have a connection to those characters other than Harley Quinn. I, I loved the tone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the first to say this, but it gave me like mad uh, Sunset Overdrive yes. vibes, which yeah. is one of my favorite games of this generation. So I'm like, all right, if Insomniac's not going to make Sunset Overdrive 2, hmm. maybe Rocksteady will. So. so the interesting thing about this is this is set in the Arkham universe. So this is a yeah, sequel and Gotham continuation. Yeah, Gotham Knights isn't. This is. So... Huh. Which is weird. Um, so, so that means when they're saying kill the Justice League, Batman wouldn't be in the Justice League at that point. He would technically, because depends on. Uh, this is gonna. I feel like I might start by giving myself a wedgie, but. Um. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying doesn't take place after. Well, technically, take place wait, after Ta- Tam, can you go get your glasses so you can put them in your nose, please? <laughs> Technically, the Actually, ev- I think you'll find everyone reads. Everyone reads the Nightfall ending as Bruce Wayne dying or Batman dying, and just all like removing himself from the equation. But like, I I think the other interpretation is like he that ending is him giving into the Batman fully. So he he kills off Bruce Wayne and becomes the Batman wholeheartedly mm-hmm. by taking on the uh, Scarecrow toxin stuff. So when at the end of that. Uh, nightfall protocol ending those those uh goons in in the alley like look up and they're like engulfed by this demon i think that's batman using the scarecrow um toxin to kind of up his fear level so 
if you if that is the canonical ending, he's still alive. He's just okay. a bit more extreme. I I like the idea of that as an ending. I don't like how vague it was. I I wished I would rather they had like committed if that was what they wanted to do, they should have just said that. I I kind of I think I think that's a way more interesting ending and then like saying one way or the other. I love yeah. the idea, but like, cuz that could be that could be like a, an entire that could be Azrael for you know like there's enough maybe, to think about there you know what maybe, maybe I'm just salty about it because you only got that ending if you did all the goddamn Riddler trophies <laughs> and they sucked and it was ours and I was like that was it like that wasn't worth it I, I mean so yeah. I was so maybe That's, maybe I'm just salty that, about that that is a good reason but yeah I think uh, whether whether I mean you'd expect the Justice League would involve Batman as well but in the trailer we only get to see Superman and he's like he brings up a a, uh, a a law enforcement officer and then incinerates him and you're like uh oh Superman is not happy and we've got to kill him but yeah I like what they talked about briefly there like everyone feeling distinct and everyone feeling like they will play differently and they showed it off a bit not in gameplay as we probably in the traditional sense but in like their vision for it with you know the way they move around you know you had um Deadshot using his um, jetpack and that kind of stuff, and other people like hopping across rooftops, and King Shark being a shark. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see more of it, and I'm I'm glad that they they've been given the opportunity to do like a tone shift. Mm-hmm. So I'd lo- like a comedy because people were tweeting about how it's uh, people who worked at the studio were tweeting about how this is one of the funniest games they've ever worked on, and that's incredibly like exciting. Hell yeah. Um, and one, let's quickly talk about Cod Blops Cow. Uh, launch within Warzone today, very, very cool. Well, not launch, but like reveal within Warzone today, very cool. Looked at the trailer. Sequel to Black Ops 1. So Aaron uh, Samson on our team has done a primer of what happened in Black Ops because that was 10 years ago, and I feel like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. I 10 years old. ago. And I've forgotten a lot about what happened in that game, but it looks like uh, Cold War is going to do a lot of cool stuff, revisit some fan favorite characters. I'm excited for it. Like fan favorite characters, like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> like, well, I was I was talking more like Frank Woods. No, I know, I know. But I ha- yeah. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Ronald Reagan. I I I do think there are a lot of interesting. I'll start with the the stuff that's interesting, like uh, the like uh, they kind of hinted at like no kill um options mm-hmm. like non-lethal options say, for levels cold war not a lot of uh not a lot of fighting there. not a lot of not a lot of battles in the cold war no. i i don't know if we really studied that too hard in in history class because if you were in my history class we stopped at about 1970 and then they said summer's coming up goodbye but um, well, i mean in the uk never learned about it at all so yeah you're fine so um but yeah, I I think the non-lethal stuff is interesting and fitting. I I know that I myself, a lot of us goofed on this today, but I gotta give them props for the option to have a gender-neutral character. I don't know how much that actually does, but I I do commend the them for trying that. I like that it's gender classified. I find that very very funny in a good way. Um, but I. You know, as with anything, you're going to have, like, like I, I do think it's important because I do remember when they, the first time they made um, female soldiers default, I think it was in Ghosts or something. It was yeah. like, you started out 
in multiplayer with a female character. Remember, I remember my little brother complaining. It's <laughs> like, I can't what? believe, I can't believe they make you play as a girl. And I was like, they've been making me play as a man my whole life. So, and then he shut up. But like, so I, I, I do think like that, that was important for him. Mm. And I think sometimes this stuff can be important. A lot of people play Call of Duty um, at the same time. I really want you to make your, your brother play Super Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> that you know he hasn't and that would, uh, he knows he knows he knows oh. what samus is though. oh damn he's played super smash bros he knows what samus uh. is but um <laughs> what samus is that she's a girl um and uh anyway i i think that you know call of duty is interesting because it seems like it to like you know this is totally just me speaking I don't know anything. I have no insider information, but it just seems like somebody there is like, what if we made a statement and it gets edited out at the last minute, but there's like a glimpse of it in there. Like Black Ops uh, 3 had like these glimpses of like talking about PTSD and they never quite got there. Um, And, you know, they have like Call of Duty has this like really big, um, like active military and veteran player base. Um, I to to be like to to be that person. My therapist works with veterans, and she's like, "Oh yeah, all of my veteran clients play Call of Duty, and that's how she relates to me." So <laughs> like, it's I I think there's like a lot they could say, and they never quite get there. So um, I don't know if I have like high expectations, but I do like have hopes that there will be like. There will be something cool in there, but then the the, the brother Ronald Reagan, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we really studied a lot of Reagan speeches." And I'm like, "That sounds really fun. That sounds like a great way to spend an afternoon. I'd love to do that." Um, so I, you know, I just don't know where to land on it, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with Warzone, like mm. segueing yeah. away from you know the single player stuff. Uh, Warzone's become a real staple of my like online gaming recently, so I'm intrigued. Like Black Ops is always the the COD franchise that I gravitated towards. It was the one, the first one that I became really obsessive with um, in terms of the multiplayer, and it had the most interesting story. And so I, it's Raven doing the single player. It's not. Uh, Treyarch. It's oh. uh, Raven Software doing it. So I'm actually very. That's maybe the thing that's making me the most yeah. interested about it. Is I I love Raven. I think they're a super underrated developer who's mm-hmm. made like some really really classic games that I I love that have never been like top tier, but but are, are really good. Um, and but they've been like stuck at doing Call of Duty multiplayer maps for mm-hmm. years. So I'm really they're time I'm really to excited shine. that it's they get they get a chance to do stuff again uh and and i'm they're bringing back some elements from like black ops 2 um like like black ops 2 had the the like branching story where they're actually like different multiple endings and different missions and side missions and uh they're actually bringing that stuff back into it because i thought that was so cool and i was really bummed that like I assume that's where call of duty would have gone going forward but that was the only game to do that so i'm i'm excited that they're bringing that stuff back Mm-hmm. Um, because thinking about it, like I, I, I enjoy a good solid, like I'll just play a five hour shooting campaign. Like I kind of grew up playing games like those, mm-hmm. those kind of don't exist as much in the way they do anymore. I feel like most games are like 
third person action kind of like that's sort of the current like trend so in a weird way call of duty's kind of keeping that genre alive mm. <laughs> in I a know, bizarre my, in a bizarre way I you're don't totally know. right though my dad is like like he he got really into spec ops the line and he played it like 10 times and he was like callie what else do i play and i was like <laughs> like i was like what do you mean he's like i just want like a shooter campaign and i was like uh and then i bought him wolfenstein <laughs> that's all i yeah. can do <laughs> It's just, yeah, dying breed. <laughs> mm, for sure. I'm excited right. to play it. Me too. That's it. You know what? Bring back Trent Reznor for the soundtrack. That's all I'm saying. But that was Black Ops 2, so... Trent Reznor. Bring back Ice Cube. Remember, he, he, was in, he was in Black Ops. What about Avenged Ooh. Sevenfold, Chun-Luke? Oh, yes. Ah! <laughs> Where's your goth spirit? Yeah. Where's your emo spirit? All right, let's move on to listener questions. It's time for listener questions. Thank you, uh, Jingle Man. <laughs> As always, if you've got questions, email them to us at afterdarkpodcast.gamesort.com or DM one of us, message one of us for a, uh invite to our Discord. Very wholesome. And a lot of the questions are from there today. So, Tam, do you want to read the first one? This is from Serious Business, from uh, our Discord and pretty much everywhere, to be honest. Um, bonus question. This bonus question. Okay. Um, Maria asked another yeah. question. I okay. think from last week. All right, right, right. Scones, jam or cream first? My fellow Brits will need to explain this one and the implication for one's character based on their answer. Quick so, question before you guys hmm. answer that. Mm-hmm. So Tamor said scone. Lucy, how do you pronounce it? Scone. You say scone. I'm Which Northern. one is more posh? Tam. Is it? Scone. Yeah. Scone. Oh, that's that's ironic because I literally never eat scones. So I cannot answer this. Like, if I eat a scone, I will almost... I will, I've never put jam or cream on a scone to eat it. So I've only ever done that in the context of... I find it very, like, heartwarming in a way that you come to America and, you call, and they call it high tea. Because hmm. uh, back in the UK, we just call it afternoon tea. Yeah. Um, I have had it in you know some nice places like Betty's in York is very good for afternoon tea. With regard to the scone debate, um, people, yeah, very like it's very very serious in the UK. Um, what I do is actually a cheat. I put jam on one side and then I put cream on the other. Mash them together. There I- you go. I get ski fruit yogurt and then get a packet of salt and vinegar crisps and then crush the crisps and put it in the yogurt and then eat that because that's the kind of what? trash monster I yeah, am. Yeah, he does. That's what I used to do for tea. Like, just oh absolute God. monstrous shit like that. Like, I'm not eating posh food. I'm just looking at whatever we could afford and smashing it together to see what I could create. Top, to- let's smash it. Yeah. Top, exactly. let's smash it. Top, let's uh, smash it. So, you know, we don't eat a lot of scones, I would mm-hmm. say. I've had them. But I'll say this. I don't yeah. put jam on my toast. I just do butter. I'm a big butter fiend. Lots of, I, I if pancakes, you put... only butter. Oh. So no, I, I also very much enjoy butter, but I also have high cholesterol. So really got to 
have that shit in my Oh, dude, I'm gonna have high cholesterol. I have so... I... Seriously. Disgusting. I'm horrible. Disgusting. Well, I have have genetically high cholesterol from both sides of my family, so shout out to my parents. (laughs) Listen, let me tell you about eating butter. Because oh no, Tam, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Oh, do you? Are you one of those people that's like eating just like butter straight? Just, just get a block of butter, open it like it's a chocolate bar, and just eat the entire thing. <laughs> that is, that was my, that was my teenage years. Because Tam revealed this to us. You can uh, absolutely crush internal sadness by eating an entire block of butter. We were having dinner at, uh, we were at Gamescom, hey, um, you know, it's Gamescom week, what a little Gamescom throwback. We were having dinner at that steak restaurant opposite at the Dorrit, Yeah. and I don't know how this came out, but yeah, you told us that story, and we were all just sat around the table being like, oh, I'm sad now. Like, we're we're all just very sad. Eating to feel alive is not a good idea. I used to get loads of uh, chocolates, assorted chocolate bars, put them all in one plate and then put them in the microwave and melt them all down and just drink the rest of it. Yeah, I used to eat it with a spoon (laughs) and just melt it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I also used to make... um, So I was a very, very small child. I didn't start growing until... Unlike unlike those big childs that exist. (laughs) No, 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 but it's like... Childs! Childs! (laughs) (laughs) Julia Childs. I didn't... (laughs) <laughs> oh god. I didn't really grow until I was like 13. I was and I was always the smallest in my class. And then when I went hit about 13, I just had the most immense uh growing what do you call it? Growth uh, spurt. spurt. Growth spurt. I was about to say growing streak. <laughs> Absolutely killing it with the growing. Day after day, just growing, growing, just growing, 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 growing. It did like this insane growing combo. Yeah. Um <laughs> And I just would eat. Uh, I would make a sandwich of salt and vinegar crisps and Kit Kat and bits of chicken. And I would just eat that. Like, I, dis- I would go through a disgusting amount of Kit Kat. John Luke, are you muted? John Luke muted himself. And so he's just like making motions as if he's eating on screen, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm a huge fan of. Oh, wait, I think it might be actually his mic. It, uh, w- it was crackling earlier. Yeah. <laughs> While he's, um, while he's while fixing he that, that out, while he's fixing should we that move out, on to a different I'll, question? Well, yeah. I was going to say another monstrous thing that I used to love to do, and okay. occasionally we'll still do it because oh hello. Sometimes it it sometimes it reminds me of old old, old times. Is I used to get like uh, oh, I still get I get peanut butter on one side on one slice of bread, and then uh-huh. chi- chili sauce on the other side. What? Okay. It is. It is. Uh, I can't recommend it <laughs> at all. Oh. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, you just want to eat something and... See, yeah, you just want to put it all together. So, My... and so please write in with your monstrous uh, food creations. Mm-hmm. Um, IGN have just had their drowning stories on the yeah. IGN UK podcast. We're having monstrous food combinations. Yeah, please, My... please include the phrase Gordon Tamsey's Hell's Kitchen. In, oh, my God. In, uh, ah. Okay, so... I I have like a lot of food aversions, so I've never done like yeah. that kind of thing. But I'm the kind I was the kind of kid who would eat the same meal every single day, and it would oh, just me too. be I still plain. do that. Oh yeah, I still do that. Plain buttered noodles, no sauce. Um, like plain vegetables, just steamed. Yep. yep. 
you know i have dairy with every meal yeah just constant dairy I'm a, when i was a kid uh, yeah. my mom um i don't fault over this she's a very busy lady single mother i didn't live with my dad and i would just have like essentially like what you'd pick out from a buffet for a dinner mm-hmm. i'd have bits of cheese crackers cucumber like little like yeah. individual salad bits lettuce maybe some fish fingers which they call fish sticks here that i discovered mm-hmm. uh, and just like little random bits that were never really a complete meal and so i feel like that's really not set me up in good stead for adulthood yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm horrible. I don't know how to cook meat. I was a vegetarian by by pure just because I hated eating meat for ten years. Mm-hmm. I had my first cheeseburger at seventeen years old. It was an <sighs> In and Out burger, oh uh, and then I was like, "Whoa, why haven't I been eating these?" And it's because um, my dad didn't season chicken. I oh. <laughs> uh, oh. love you, Dad. Um, he has, he's improved can you hear me now? A lot. He's yeah, back. back. Yes. We can. Now, now you have to tell us one horrid thing that you eat. Oh, one horrid thing that I eat? Or used to eat as a child. Oh, man. Damn. Jean-Luc is clean. No. He's had an impeccable diet all his life. The only... This isn't bad, but I just remember... I have this very vivid memory. This is like not... It's actually the opposite. I, I, I wanted... As a kid, I was like four... And I told my mom, Mom, I want to have a salad. And I want to, and, and I specifically <laughs> wanted a salad. It was like seven o'clock at night. And, <laughs> and I wanted to go eat it in the back porch. And it was like pitch black and like turn the light on. So she like made me this salad. And then I went out and I like sat down, the, the complete darkness with only like the porch light. And I, and I ate like two bites of the salad and then said, no, I hate this. And then I went back inside oh. and I said, sorry, mom, I don't like the salad. I love that you kind of gave yourself, like you put in a college try into that. Like you, you basically gave yourself sensory deprivation to try and give this salad the best shot. Yeah, you could I, I wanted to like have like a, a, a unique experience, like a salad experience. I would, I would also give any amount of money to be like, just watch a replay of you walking up to your mom and going, mother. I want a salad. <laughs> I would like a salad, please. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's very quickly uh, do this last question. Uh, John Luke, you're back. Yes. I'll give this one to you. Sure. Uh, I definitely have the sheet open up. I'm... <gasps> I can drop it in Zoom chat. No, I, like. I can find it. I can find it. I'm totally on top of things today. I used to just eat peanut butter sandwich, one piece of bread folded, only peanut butter, no jelly. That's my last one. <laughs> I could really go for that. I've become really big into peanut butter recently. So. Yeah, peanut butter is really good. All right, is, I see John Luke in the thing. So okay. good. Which question is it? Uh, second one down from Mr. Fetus Yesterday. <laughs> Which Google Docs <laughs> wanted, wants us to correct to fetus yesterday. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Foodist Yesterday says, uh, what is your proudest moment in competitive gaming? Like PvP types of games. The things you brag about uh, to everyone you did once. Mm. Um, I I have one that's uh, a thing that I brag about for the opposite reason because it's so shit. Um, It's the time I got to play the game of Overwatch. (laughs) I'm not to say... Is this your one, or was it the one? No, no, no. (laughs) 
one that I stole from you. I have no. video footage of it. <laughs> so there, there are shit that this shit that I love doing uh, in Overwatch, and one of them is unintentionally stealing Tamor's playing games because he always sets me up with like a really good Zarya ult, and then I, as Diva or Junkrat or someone, will just steal play of the game. But one time I got a play of um, I was playing a soldier on uh, Route sixty six, and the play of the game is me immediately dying, then being rezzed by a mercy, and then I just get one kill. But like, the kill cam is so bad because I'm clearly disoriented from being rezzed, and I wasn't prepared for it. So I'm just like, <laughs> spray and pray and accidentally get a kill. Um, but I think that kill was a Farah who was alting, so that's why. Mm. Uh, but other than that, uh, there was a phase where we would play on PC where I'd play as May, and there was like one night in particular where Tam was playing a lot as Reinhardt and he would charge or he would oh <laughs> use his ult and I would accidentally keep putting my wall up <laughs> and just immediately blocking him. It's just every pin I went for, there was just a Lucy wall right in front yeah. of me every second <laughs> to the point where I was like, I'm just going to play someone else. Yeah, uh, but my, my actual, like, thing that I'm proud of in competitive gaming is, uh, the f- like, one of the very first times I played Sombra, I had the most incredible game. I got a 36-player kill streak. Um, I got play of the game by, ha- like, using my ult and I think five people. And I literally just went, I will never play Sombra again. Because not- I will never reach these highs. Not At least talk- on PC. I play on console. I'm not going to talk about that one Brigitte match. Oh, the time that I got 100% kill participation because Brigitte was technically broken for a while, but I will take it. <laughs> That's mine. Uh, I don't have... I mean, I can't remember any of that spring to my... Like, I've beaten a few people at Street Fighter using one hand, which is pretty good. Um, I do have a picture of you playing, a, I a, think, a Street Fighter producer yeah, and being with, one <laughs> with one hand. Yeah, which was a very good one. Yeah, it was a good play. I was, I'm like scratching my chin with with yeah. one hand and like playing Street Fighter with the other. Um, a, and the only reason I know how to do that is because Seth Killian um, did it for a while. He's known for playing one-handed. So I was like, I'll try that. And um, I did that for a really long time. And now I have RSI in my hands. <laughs> uh, Kelly, John, Luke, what about you guys? Um, I... <laughs> The other night, uh, I was playing Siege with Matt and Jake, and I had a really good round, and Jake said, whoa, where did that round come from? <laughs> <laughs> wow, so. you guys are playing Siege? I've got Siege as well now. You Put me in, Coach. Oh, I should play um, yeah. No, uh, actually, though, I was at the Pokemon World Championships. I go every year. I was really excited to go this year. It was going to be in London, so um, that was a big bummer. But um, it's always like around my birthday, too. Anyway, uh, it was the Pokemon World Championships a couple years ago. I think it was for Sun. It was before Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, so a couple years ago. And um, those games introduced Battle Royale, and it was a four-player like, like one v one v one v one situation where you were trying to get the most knockouts and the least knockouts on your Pokemon. You have three Pokemon. And the game, like the challenge is like figuring out do I attack this Pokemon or am I weakening it so much slower Pokemon can like get the kill on it. So there's a lot, there was like a lot of like interesting strategical depth that I really liked, but it's not like an actual competitive mode. So I was playing a pickup match, like a pickup tournament in the, in like the, like the calls, not what's it called? 
Convention center. That's not a coliseum. Wow. Coliseum. Um, sounds more sounds more dramatic and cool when I say it's a coliseum. It is a convention center, and um, I came in second place with my my team, beaten only by a Japanese man. However, a lot of children were playing, but some of those children were cheating. So I still think <laughs> it was a big achievement, and I could I probably gonna... play play competitively <laughs> if I really put my mind to it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say some of those children were Japanese men. (laughs) (laughs) No, some of them were using hacked Pokemon and their dad was like, here's your charger, sweetie. And I was like, your child's a witch. John, what about you? I used to be really, really into um, the multiplayer for the Uncharted games, like two and three. Like I played those like Mm -hmm. all the time. Like I, I went and went to the subway and got the 30-day month-early access to Uncharted 3's multiplayer, uh, which, for some reason, I still remember that as a promotional <laughs> thing. If you've never seen it, go look up uh, the commercial for it, because it's, like, Nathan Drake. It's, like, a scene from Uncharted 3, but they, like, rendered, like, a Subway sandwich and drink in his hand, and it's, like, oh my Nathan uh, Nolan North being, like, hey, get this and you can hang out with me and get a Subway sandwich. It's like really good. <laughs> Excuse me for a second. Uncharted, Drake's footlong. Thank you. There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh uh, but a couple years ago, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I, w- I kind of want to play Uncharted 2 multiplayer. And so like, I pulled out the PS3 and like tried to get into a match. And it took, it took like, must have been like half an hour to get in because like there is only like one match available and it was like all the people there were like the highest rank possible and like i guess like that's all they do is play it and i was like oh i'm probably gonna have a real bad time i won by 20 kills and i was like still got it and then i just it's like all right i'm good i don't need to play this ever again and then they shut down the server, so now you can't, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> They're like, that John Luke guy's gone, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 56 of GameSpot After Dark. Uh, let's go around the room. Tam, where can people find you? What are you working on? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at TomorrowH. You can find me there doing bad tweets. Um, I'm working on uh, Generation Next with Lucy. Um, uh, I put up the interview for Gotham Knights. Uh, there's probably some other things I'm working on. I just cannot remember because this week has been one year. But it's only Wednesday. John Luke, what about you? you can find me at John Luke Seipke. Um I'm doing more of those cyberpunk lore videos with Jake. Uh, hopefully the next one will be up uh, soon. It's about Adam Smasher, uh, who sounds like a D-list superhero, but he's actually a <laughs> cyborg. <laughs> Sounds like a D-list porn slide. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. Callie, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at InkyDojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. I'm also doing bad and spicy tweets. Um, I'm losing followers by the thousands. Um, Your tweet today was so. excellent. Yeah, it was very Thanks, good. I had fun. Mm-hmm. I tested it on some people before I tweeted it. Um... <laughs> anyway, I'm working on, uh, you know, editing reviews, so continue to read GameSpot's wonderful reviews. There's a lot happening. We have a lot of sports yeah. games coming out right about, right about now. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're looking at stuff like Avengers um, and others. Be- like like tomorrow, I am also very burnt out 
even though it's only Wednesday, but um, there is a lot, like a lot of reviews I'm looking at on my calendar, so um, please support those. And uh, you can catch me on some Gamescom stuff, or you probably already did at this point. Yeah. But we're doing another one. On oh, Monday. yeah. We are. We're doing the post show. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Lucy James Games. I'm doing Generation Next with Tam and Jordan. And this week we have special guest Michael Hyam telling us about TVs and monitors you should buy to enjoy PS5 and Series X on. On top of that, uh, Save State, Gamescom, uh, everything really just around everything. Like cool. ghost. I don't know. Like a ghost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Emails after that podcast at gamespot.com. Message one of us to join the, the Discord server. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>